What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 292nd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me is Will. And this week's final Jeopardy is, um, what is hydrogen dioxide? Or, no, that's a question. That's not an answer. <laughs> Oops. I'm not very, I'm no Alex Trebek here. What makes up hydrogen dioxide? Wait, hold on. This is uh, Jeopardy is hard. This is why it's not my favorite game show. We also have a new voice on it. Super effective, a trial run per se. Uh, Al was too much. We just got rid of Al. Uh, they disconnected the. Uh, where did Al live? Yeah, the same, Ireland. Well, no, what, hap- what happened was <laughs> they said they said no net neutrality, and Europe was <laughs> like, "Well, we're going to take our toys and leave. Goodbye." And we're like, "But Al." We can't talk to him anymore now. No, Al had uh, <laughs> Al had uh, family stuff today, so he could have done later, but I couldn't have done later because I have it's pri- Scottish Halloween. <laughs> I had prior engagements, but we have uh, Miss D here from Slack. I don't know what your preferred name on the podcast would like to be, but I always call you Miss D. Aloha. I mean. You can call me Miss D. Uh, for those of us who would confuse Miss D for Misty, uh, my name is Rochelle, so you can always just call me that. But I'll respond to both. I guess that would make sense. I'm like a, in typing, Miss D makes ma- more sense. But since I can't speak yeah. English, it might sound like Misty. The <sighs> eternal struggle. I know. Welcome. Hello, La. Welcome. Happy to be here. Hello, No. Okay. No, 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 Sorry. I prefer the Ultra Recon Squad. Uh, low, la. That's so good. So good. That's fair. I understand. It's great. If it's worth anything, I accidentally added an H, but I did do the hand motion, so. All right. I guess that's fair. Uh, We should say this before we start. There will be no... Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon spoilers in this episode. We actually are not scheduled to talk about Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which is really weird. You would think that because those games just came out, we would talk about those. But uh, in this episode, we're going to focus on just the recent Pokemon news that have happened. We're going to do some emails because we haven't caught up on emails. And then we're going to do our Pokemon of the week. There's still a lot of people still playing Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. We have the 19 episodes of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. That you can listen to in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and we're just going to, you know, set the burners, the, the, the back burners on the stove. We're going to put it on low. We're going to put our soup back there. We're going to wait just uh, another week or two before we get Will's opinion on Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. I know everyone's... Here's my, here, here's my opinion. I don't think there is a single idiomatic expression in the entire English language that Steve can't get wrong. That's my opinion. Good. Well, you didn't like my stove analogy? We will put the topic on the back burner. <laughs> That's all. That's it. Right there. Done. You, Done. you did your best. It was, it, I'll give it a solid six out of eight. Good try. Good. All right. As long as it's not a seven, I'm happy. Uh, but before we get into the news, the emails, the Pokemons of the week, uh, Miss D, can you tell us a little bit about you before we dive in? I guess I can. Hi, my name is Rochelle. I like Pokemon a lot. I've been playing since the very first games came out in the U.S., Red and Blue. 
My favorite Pokemon is Hoopa. Surprise. I know that'll shock a lot of people. I'm an INFPT. Sagittarius? What do you want to know? <laughs> uh, wait, what was your first Pokemon game? My first Pokemon game was blue, and my little brother had red. And I've played every game since then. Least favorite Pokemon game? Do I have a least favorite Pokemon game? Pokemon Go, I guess. Does that count? Mm, Mostly because yeah. I don't play it. That does count. That there does you go, count. Pokemon Go. Above Pokemon Dash. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't even play Pokemon Dash, and I like it more than Pokemon Go. No offense to Pokemon Go players. And it's also cold where you live right now, I'm assuming. Ugh, it is. It snowed the other day, again. It snowed for the first time this year, like the beginning of October. It was really weird. But yeah, I'm over here in Colorado where it snows and is cold. But, but I mean, basically, you, you choose to live someplace that is known for being <laughs> constantly covered in a blanket of snow, correct? <laughs> that choice was made when I was a small child by my mother. <laughs> You're always welcome to come stay with me in D.C. where we only have snow 2% of the time. 2%? What? It's cold over there, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's, it's very cold, but no snow. Just, just lots of brown leaves on the ground. No snow. <laughs> I was on the East Coast recently, and there was lots of snow. Will. That's Boston. Do you not Boston. understand that that's like so many, what, what are those latitudes up, up above me? It's like a 10-hour drive away. It, you know, if you were to drive for 10 hours, you'd probably end up in Florida. It's a big difference. All right. Now that... The driving is out of the way. Dive into some news here. Uh, first bit of news is I Choose You, everyone's uh, Oscar-winning movie of 2017, is coming to home video release in February. The 20th film in the franchise has been confirmed to be released on Blu-ray and DVD in North America. This single disc will be available in retail stores on February 13th, 2018, the day before Valentine's Day, Will, your favorite holiday. I, I have no need for Valentine's Day. Get your foolishness out of my inbox. <laughs> uh, Amazon price Blu-ray is $24.98, DVD $19.98. Hot to deliver you your well, wait, physical media. What, what, where, what are my DVD extras? What uh, Do I get a director's interview? director's cut? The, P the Pikachu cut, I does, it does, I, do it I, does do not I get say. Pikachu commentary? <laughs> <laughs> Can I, I want to know what the Pikachu was feeling as each scene was filmed. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would like all those too, but it does not say. Uh, it does not say. But there is an Amazon page for it if you want to uh, pre-order. Just in case you need to win someone's heart with that controversial Pokemon movie. Uh, I can read the back of the, the box for you. It says English 2.0 and 5.1 audio. English subtitles. Wait, this is in, wait, 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 wait. This is in English 2.0? I only speak English <laughs> 1.0. <laughs> I haven't you're, upgraded. You're going you're gonna to struggle with this. Uh, I think that's Pikachu's language is English 2.0. Uh, English subtitles will, so you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You can still read it. Uh, 16 by 9. So uh, people outside of the United States will be very confused about that size. And then uh, it, th there's a trailer that also comes with it. I don't think it's coming with any bon bonuses, though. 
I'm waiting for the director's cut then. Someday. Someday. And it's ranked uh, 6,004 in movies and TV right now. 6,004. Well, that's including all of television. That's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. Like all of television? Uh, I would, I, well, 6,004 of like all the the selling items in movies and TV and like Amazon. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm not like all television for no. all history. What do you think number, <laughs> what do you think number one is right now? The number one best selling DVD of television and movies? Uh, on Amazon right now, yeah. On Amazon. If, if Pokemon is 6,000, what do you think number one is? Probably My Neighbor Totoro. What? No. If it's not something stupidly popular like Game of Thrones, I'm going to be disappointed in the world. Uh, I'm looking at top 10. Game of Thrones is number 12. Uh, but Despicable Me 3 is your answer. That's number one what? right now. Oh, nice. It's number one and number two. The Blu-ray is number one. What? The DVD is number two. Okay. Yeah, I only said My Neighbor Totoro because I finally found that DVD I've had out from Netflix since 2011. No oh, lie. man. How much? <laughs> 2011? You That DVD is worth like $500 right now. I can send it back to them finally and get the next DVD in my queue. Just can't. <laughs> Does Netflix even send out DVDs anymore? Yes, they do. What? Oh my gosh. People have DVD players anymore? Yeah, it's called my PS4. Uh, this is some Pokemon Go news. Get your new Pokedex entries now here. We talked about this last week. Trico, Torchic, Mudkip, and many more Pokemon originally discovered in the Hoenn region are out and about. Step outside, fire up your app, and catch uh, what are now there. Gen 3 is here. 50 new Pokemon. Weather is in full effect. Have you played any Gen 3, Will? I have not, but I do have a coworker who is a very big Pokemon Go uh, enthusiast, um, even though he's never been a Pokemon player in his entire life. And I'll tell you, this past Friday, I got really, really aggravated because, number one, he came into my office and sat into my chair. I have a keep a chair by my desk for people to sit in. And he said, look, you can see it's snowing in Pokemon Go. And then I looked out the window of my office and I said, but it's not snowing outside. And he <laughs> said, but that doesn't matter because it's snowing in Pokemon Go. And you know what happens when it snows in Pokemon, right? This is the phrase that he used. You know what happens when it snows in Pokemon, right? <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. I'm hanging out and everywhere. I said, I said, what happens? And he said, well, uh, steel types and ice types get stronger and they appear more frequently. And I said, that is not true, sir. That is not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in your made-up Pokemon Go world, but not in the real world. It's the little things, Will. <laughs> the other thing is uh, Groudon got added to Pokemon Go. So you, now, you can now go out and uh, find a group of people to uh, raid with, because uh, that's fun and enjoyable, and then get yourself a Groudon, I would assume, because Groudon ends on, I don't have the exact date, I think it's January 15th. It's 30 days. I'm assuming once Groudon is over, Kyogre is going to show up. And then if I know anything about Pokemon, Kyogre will be one month. And when that ends, Rayquaza will show up. And uh, that, that seems to be the cycle, which I think is fine. I think that's okay. Uh, I went out to get Groudon on Friday. There was a Groudon about five minutes away from me. 
and there's like there's a Facebook group I'm a part of. So I just happened to refresh it because I was going to go out to Target anyways. I needed some garbage bags. I know very ri- very riveting story, but I was like, oh, I'll check the Facebook group before I go out because I know Groudon just started like two hours ago, and lo and behold. There was somebody saying, hey, this is about to start in 10 minutes. And so I said, I'll be there. Is anyone else coming? And they were like, oh, yeah, somebody's co- more people are coming. And I was like, OK, well, no one else has commented on this post, but I guess I'll trust you. And then somebody else commented on it and said they could be there at six. This was like 545. And I was like, OK, I, I, I mean, I could be there at six, too. We'll start at six. And sure enough. Let me tell you one thing about Pokemon Go players. Uh, they don't care about laws or rules. Uh, Pokestop was on the corner uh, of a church, and there, it, one one road was busy, and the other road is not busy, and there's there's parking on the not busy road, which I parked on. But if you park on the not busy road, you have to get out of your car and walk across the street to the the Jesus statue where Groudon was spawning. Uh, <laughs> I wish I was exaggerating, but no joke, 12 cars at once pulled up and parked in front of each other on the part of the road where you're not supposed to park, uh, and they all parked, and they all got out of their cars, and we did the Groudon raid, and most of them I recognized from previous Milwaukee Go raids, and I did the Groudon, I caught the Groudon, I said thank you, and got back in my car. Uh, and I overheard them talking about them going to the next Groudon down the street. Uh, but it was just, like, unbelievable that this group of 12, this convoy of cars are following each other from Groudon to Groudon raid. And it was only, like, 14 degrees out. And, hey, who cares if you're not allowed to park here? We're parking here to do Groudon. Okay, guys. Cool. See now ya. those complaints about the people in Lake Park seem a little more realistic <laughs> to me. I'll see you guys Maybe in 30 days. Maybe they were onto something. For Kyogre. Man, these Pokemon Go players, they're just breaking the laws everywhere they go. Just thinking they know everything about Pokemon. <laughs> Why you don't like Pokemon Go, okay? I'm just, just kidding. Pokemon Go players are fine. Most Some Pokemon Go players Some are fine. Pokemon. Maybe not in Milwaukee. I'm having a good time with uh, Generation 3. I've been having fun with it. So, my coworker, bless her heart, this is the first Pokemon game she's ever played in her entire life. And it's very exciting to watch somebody, like, every time she catches a new Pokemon, she comes in and is like, oh my gosh, look, I got this new Pokemon. I'm like, which one is it? And she's like, I don't know. It's like the hot dog with socks on it. And I'm like, okay. Oh, Hitmonlee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing remembering this. And she does this. Every single time there's a new Pokemon and every single time there's anything added to Pokemon Go. So that was an incredibly horrible end to a story. <laughs> Perfect. No, it's good. <laughs> That's all right. We all have terrible coworkers. That was the point of the story. Yeah, basically. No, she's actually really great. It's very exciting. Like, I may not play Pokemon Go, but at least I now have someone I can teach all of my beautiful Pokemon knowledge to. Uh, and I have to deal with Milwaukee Pokemon Go players. Sorry, man. It all comes full circle. Uh, some other bit of news here is the official play Pokemon rules for the format 2017-2018 season video game championships VGCs uh, have been updated for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and will be applied on January 1st, 2018. The rules are followed. 
Standard format will be double battles, of course. Pokemon can now hold Mega Stones or Soul Duels, as well as any other items that have been officially released via Pokemon Sun, Moon, Ultra Sun, and Ultra Moon. However, every Pokemon must hold a different item. Players' teams cannot contain two Pokemon with the same National Pokedex number, and any Pokemon in the National Pokedex can be used except Mythical Pokemon, Special Legendary Pokemon, and Ash Greninja, provided they are caught or hatched in the game or received at an event in Sun, Moon, Ultra Sun, and Ultra Moon. Uh, if Pokemon have a regional variant, either format may be used. Format form <laughs> may be used. Players can be penalized or disqualified due to not updating their system or Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon games to the latest update. By the way, there was an update to Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon uh, games. It's a pretty small update. I think it fixes two specific moves in the game and does something else. Battles will be conducted using a five-minute timer of your time instead of ten minutes. This time limit is only deducted while each player is making a decision on the Pokemon move or switching Pokemon in order to maintain the enjoy enjoyable tournament environment. This time limit may be changed later in the season based on feedback from the VGC tournament organizers. Pokemon that are below or above level 50 will be auto-leveled up and or down to level 50 for the duration of the battle. Before entering official play Pokemon tournaments, each player's team list must com be complete using the language to which the player's game is set. Manual hack check considerations have been updated for the 2018 format, and a player can be penalized and or disqualified if they are using any of the following Pokemon shown below. Any Pokemon that lists from Nursery Helpers on the summary screen and is contained in a Master Ball or Cherish Ball. Any of these Pokemon that have a following in-game level, Dragonite under level 55, Tyranitar under level 55, Bisharp under level 52, Braverary and Mandibuzz under level 54, Hydreigon under level 64, and Volcarona under level 59, uh, those will get you auto-disqualified. Any Pokemon with, the move, with a move, ability, or nature, or attribute that cannot be obtained through normal gameplay or official ev event, that'll get you disqualified. Any of the following Pokemon that has a hidden power or, as a fighting type move, type Null or Savali, Tapu Koko, Tapu Lele, Tapu Bulu, and or Tapu Fini, Naligo, Buzzwell, Feramosa, Zerkatry, Celesteela, Kartana, and Guzzlord, Hoipul, uh, a Pokemon I'm not going to say, for spoiler purposes, Sha Shakataka and Blasfion. I can't say that name. Is it Bla Blasphelion? Bla Blacephalon. Blacephalon. All those Pokemon I just listed are not allowed to have hidden power fighting as a move. I'm not 100% sure why. If you can fill me in, Will, or Miss D, I'm more than happy to listen. I... Ugh. I'm pretty certain I may be wrong. I haven't looked uh, through the ultra ultra sun ultra moon changes, but hidden power is typically derived by the based IVs, base IVs. So potentially there's no way that any of those Pokémon could have base IVs that would be lead to a hidden power fighting. Oh. I mean, that would be my best guess. But I can't I think thought... of another reason why. I thought every Pokemon could learn every hidden power type. I mean, that would seem logical. 
uh, wait here. I'm looking it up. I'm, I'm the whole, let's see. What does the internet have to say? Who's going to look it up first? Also, okay. As you guys are looking this up, it says any Pokemon in the following that has the following in game level. It says Bisharp under level 52 is disqualified, but I caught a Bisharp in Ultra Moon just the other night. And I think it was level <laughs> 39. It was a 5% chance to spawn outside of Poe Town. And I found it. I get that Bisharp doesn't evolve until I think 52. But what? Yeah, I know. I was watching you. And I, you are correct. You were outside of Poe Town. And you did get a, a Bisharp that appeared. Oh, I, oh, I, what did I, where did you get this information from? This is off. I mean, this is off Bulbapedia. This is off the uh, originally reported oh. by. This is this is pulled from the in game. I have the PDF now in front of me. Because I I don't remember them being ever being so specific in the competition roles. I mean, obviously, like, like yeah. I mean, I you're not gonna find a wild Dragonite. I get that. And also, Dragonite evolves at fifty five. Tarantar evolves at fifty five. Volcarona evolves at fifty nine. So those that all, that all makes sense, but <laughs> Bisharp specifically, I definitely found in the wild. Maybe the one you found was level fifty-two, and we weren't paying enough attention. Maybe someone who makes the rules just doesn't like Bisharp. You don't know. That's true. Maybe that patch update we all just downloaded <laughs> <laughs> makes sure that you can't that can't happen anymore. What were you saying about hidden power? Well, I, I mean, I looked up the IV spreads for the fighting type hidden power, and I don't know. Maybe this hasn't been updated in who knows when but for fighting type it's typically one two one one or no perfect ivs but everything else at 30 maybe okay here's the deal maybe those particular pokemon can will always have three perfect ivs and therefore that would disqualify them from being fighting type oh okay all right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, because yes. you know how things, some things are locked so that they always have three <laughs> perfect IVs. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, wait a minute. No, here's wait. No, that's flying. Oops, trick of the eye. No, yeah. <laughs> there's no no fighting type spread that allows for three perfect IVs. So that's probably that. The that answer. makes sense. Yeah, we figured it out. Cool. So if you're uh, into the VGCs, there's some VGCs and TCGs happening today on Twitch on twitch.tv slash Pokemon, but I guess we can't report on that because it's not over. There's a uh, Venusaur Genesect deck that is doing very well in the TCG, which is surprising because that deck is actually extremely cheap and everyone kind of laughed it off and here it is in like the top eight (laughs) and it's doing pretty well. So it'll be interesting to see once that tournament is over. Got two more news stories. Speaking of the TCG, the Pokemon Company International announced Sun and Moon Ultra Prism, a brand new expansion for the Pokemon trading card game, will launch on February 2nd, 2018. Echoing the storyline from recently released video games Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, the latest Pokemon TCG expansion is set for an alternative version of Sinnoh, one of the twisted parallel regions that players can reach by traveling through the ultra wormhole. Sinnoh confirmed. You heard it here first. Where's my cat? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my cat. Sun and Moon Ultra Prism will see new gameplay mechanics coming to the Pokemon TCG, introducing with the introduction of Prism Star Cards. These are powerful Pokemon and trainer cards that, when played effectively, can dramatically alter the balance of the match. Due to their game-changing effects, players can only put one Prism card with a given name in their deck. The Sun and Moon Ultra Prism expansion will feature over 150 cards, including six Prism cards. So you can put one of six cards in your deck. Five Ultra Beasts, 18 full art cards, and booster packs will contain 10 cards from the selected expansion, including at least one rare or higher rarity, plus an additional basic energy card. So there you go. There's the new set. I take your reading on that a little differently. You can have one of each of the six prism cards, but you can only have one of it. Oh, that's what it sounds okay. like to me. Got it. It's it's not like an ace spec where you can only have one ace spec. You can only have one of that particular prism card. Got it. I was actually thinking they were like ace spec cards where you were only allowed to have one ace spec card ever. But okay, I understand now. Uh, well, this seems exciting. Crimson Invasion, which is the last uh, set that came out, was, I th- I think, universally underwhelming for everyone. Wasn't too exciting, but uh, people seem very excited about this. I think, which which is not discussed in, uh, in this press release, but the Lost Zone is coming back to the TCG, which people are very excited about. Oh, uh, no. Uh, so the Lost <laughs> Zone is... So when you when you you're done playing a card or something gets discarded, it goes to your discard pile. There are cards that you can play or Pokemon abilities that you can use to get cards out of your discard pile and either back into your deck or back onto the field or back into your hand. Uh, if a card is sent to the lost zone, it is just like your discard pile, except nothing can ever come out of the lost zone. So it's just a secondary discard pile that you cannot retrieve from. There was like a Gengar card back in the day that was, uh, if you sent any six Pokemon to the Lost Zone, you would automatically win the game. So all Gengar would be trying to do is put Pokemon into the Lost Zone uh, to win. Starting to sound like Card Fight Vanguard here. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, I don't know if it's going to be called the Lost Zone again. They might be calling it something different because of the wormhole stuff, but. I'm sure we'll hear more as February 2nd approaches. We already have two things for February. We have the Pokemon movie and we have new TCG stuff. So hopefully February uh, and almost always if a TCG expansion is coming out, GameStop will usually have a Pokemon to give away with it. So you guys probably all remember getting shiny Sil Valley from your GameStop. Well, that was because Crimson Invasion came out that month in the TCG. So that is why shiny Sil Valley exists. So I'm assuming we're going to get a GameStop-related Pokemon come February. It'll be so exciting to visit my local, local GameStop for the next... <laughs> walk in, get a card, walk out. It'll be very exciting to tell them you're not interested in pre-ordering the next Call of Duty. Right. And then our final bit of news here is from Eurogamer, uh, titled, So What Happened to Pokemon Stars? Uh, Now, before I read a little bit of this article, I do want to uh, point out that Eurogamer was the source that originally reported on Pokemon Stars existing. I want to also point out the Game Informer, or not Game, that Eurogamer, sorry, misspoke, was also 
the publication that reported on the Nintendo Switch before the Nintendo Switch was revealed and got everything right about the Nintendo Switch a month before we heard about the Nintendo Switch. Uh, This is something that we reported heavily on, so I'm going to read a little bit about this. A year ago, Eurogamer reported on Pokemon Stars, an expanded version of Pokemon Sun and Moon, which sources were told told us was then pegged for release on the Nintendo Switch this Christmas. Except, as we now know, plans changed, so what happened to the project? Why did Nintendo and the Pokemon Company change course, and what might Pokemon look like on Switch when it did arrive? A year from our initial report, it's time to revisit stars and look to the future. Now, of course, before I continue reading, this could just be, you know, them reporting on something they reported on that wasn't actually true, or it could be that they got more uh, knowledge from it. You know, take this with a grain of salt, but... So this is what it says. Spoke to a number of people with knowledge of the Stars Project, and a picture emerges that there was no single reason why the development on Switch, Switch's first Pokemon, changed course. A couple of points stand out. However, first, a growing belief in Switch's success, which meant that Nintendo would not need a new Zelda and Mario and a new mainline Pokemon game within the console's first eight months. Which is true. We know that the Switch has now sold 10 million worldwide, I believe, within its first year, which is extremely amazing. I think uh, Ms. D just got a Switch. I did. I've owned one for like 18 hours now. <laughs> Have you downloaded Doom yet? The best game on not. the Switch. The best mm. game on Switch. <laughs> I don't know. That free pinball game that... Nick told us to download is pretty great. Really? So, Wait, there's a free time. pinball game? It just came there out yesterday, right? There's a free right? pinball game. I yeah. might be able to get two games on my Switch. Uh, wow. You, you, you have to buy tables, though. You get like some tables for free, but you have to buy other yeah. tables. That's the catch. Oh, in-app purchases bites me again. <laughs> but on the three free tables, you can compete against people like Nick and me for the top score. Ooh. That what sounds if good. I'm not good at pinball? What are the three I free mean, tables? Uh, I can turn it on and look it up for you. All right, as you look that up, <laughs> uh, stars part developed in parallel with Sun and Moon would have always been a way to get Pokemon on Switch sooner rather than later, but as the Switch's success has now borne out, Nintendo did not have to lean on Pikachu and its friends to ensure it. Second to all of this was the desire to keep the 3DS supported with the games throughout 2017, which led to the birth of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon instead. Nintendo likes to err on the side of caution prior to the release of the console. The company regularly refuses to call a new piece of hardware a replacement for its previous machines. This happened with the DS, the Wii, and now the Switch. And in this case, its latest experiment, touch controls, motion controls, and a combined portable home console doesn't catch on. While Nintendo was confident in the Switch moving Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon into development for the launch of the 3DS this Christmas, instead ensured that there was an established audience for this year's Pokemon game, and more importantly, meant the 3DS had a tentpole launch this winter. 2017 had a number of important releases for the aging 3DS despite of the launch of the Switch, although it certainly felt like the system was slowing down. We got games like Metroid Samus Returns, Monster Hunter Stories, but also Yoshi's Woolly World port from Wii U, Mario Sports Superstars, a Mario Party compilation, and then titles pulled back from the sofa like Miitopia, released last Christmas in Japan, and Brain Age, 
five years ago after its first was announced. Lastly, while Stars was had been planned and worked towards while Sun and Moon were in production, it never represented a true leap towards what a Pokemon designed for a significant and more powerful hardware might be. This has always been an issue and one which was certainly have dampened in excitement for both its launch on the Switch and for the Switch itself, getting a straightforward port of a year-old game instead of a fresher experience. Bearing all that in mind, it's almost surprising that Stars got as far as it did. It had made sense a way to quickly launch a Pokemon game on Switch with assets which have, have been made to be upscaled for Nintendo's new platform, but it would have not been anywhere near as exciting as the project started from scratch on Switch. Understand that the, develop- the development on Stars Switch course around the end of last year. It is fascinating to have heard the Nintendo's earliest plans for Pokemon on Switch, all of which were penciled throughout Sun and Moon's year-long development. Nintendo declined to, declined to officially comment uh, for this article, and it's promising to know that the decision was made for a positive, logical, and to be honest, not that surprising reasons. I'm confident that Pokemon or Switch, when fully, when finally fully detailed next year, will be far more surprising than a port of a year-old 3DS title. It will have benefited from a far longer development as well. There are still things that could have been included, originally built for stars, all those HD Pokemon sprites at the moment, plans for buddy Pokemon, but for a project developed over an expanded time frame and one that will mark Pikachu's leap towards Switch in a substantial and more expansive way. Sun and Moon's year-long development. Hmm. No, they didn't say that. That sounds a little... That is exactly the words Hmm. they used. Hmm. This article literally sounds like we made something up a year ago, like a cold reader will do at a seance, and none of it came true, so now we're going to cover our tracks by putting in this other article about things that aren't true anyways. None of it came true? I mean, like, you you still have extremely high-res HD sprites in the game with no rhyme or reason why, because the 3DS can't even come close to I'll give you rhymes and reasons. They bought software that can only do the HD sprites. Okay, so so then why... downshift. Also, then why did they spend, why did they take 800 plus characters and make walking animations for them? That's also a thing that stands out. Because they wanted to make me sad. Maybe someone was just really bored at work one day and they're like, what can I do to make myself look busy? I know, I'll make walking sprites for all of the Pokemon. And then that accidentally got put in there and <laughs> it's just You're right. giving everyone sun, false hope. Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun and Moon, both didn't seem rushed at all. <laughs> they're both flaw-free no games. <laughs> comment. No comment. I'm just gonna say that if we're going to look at wild speculation. My theory is just as good as theirs. <laughs> Literally, it's a prank that they play on the interns where they're like, interns, develop your ideal walking sprite for this particular Pokemon. And they've had a, like 802 interns come through. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's going to be in the game. Ha ha ha. Look, guys. Good work, I've, intern. I've mastered the way. Ivysaur does this walk. Check it out. And everyone loved it, so they just applied it to every single Pokemon. <laughs> That's the power of Ivysaur. It's a very cute Pokemon, man. Yeah, we, we don't know. Just like we don't know what happened with the so-called Z version, if that ever existed. 
We'll just have to wait for another 10 years for some interview with some developer to come out and somebody asks about it because they haven't let it go and they may or may not find the answer. I wonder what the turnover rate at Pokemon is. Like, I would assume that in the last, let's just say two years, that one person from Game Freak or the Pokemon or whoever, you know, directly is involved in these games has left. That it, I can't believe that every single person there has stayed there for two years. Like, one person has to lay, has to have left. And maybe they're under, like, some, you know, non-disclosure, non-disclosure can't talk about anything for the, the next 20 years or something. But every employee is, like, lips sealed, nothing to say. You don't know what's the contents of those non-disclosure agreements are. And... If you work for the Pokemon company, it's because, like, there's got to be, I would say, the percentage of people who work for the Pokemon company and don't care about Pokemon is probably, like, 0.07. And, like, <laughs> the other 99.03% of the employees there are like, we love Pokemon, we love working on this, and why would we ruin it even if we do move on to a different career? It's like people who work for Disney, which I don't understand because I hate Disney. But you know what? I'm not working for Disney. But even if I did work for Disney, <laughs> I'd be making them big bucks. So I wouldn't ruin that by violating my NDA when I left. But it's it's been okay. It's it's been 20 years though, and I feel like how old's Pokemon? 22 now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, gonna be 22. Old enough, old enough to drink. That's all that matters. Usually, you start hearing the inner workings of a company from like 20 years ago like all that star wars information came out uh after george lucas sold oh well, i don't know uh, not that i know a lot about star wars this is that this has been on record of the podcast obviously we've proven that in this <laughs> podcast but like stuff comes out about disney after a long period of time of like oh this is what really happened with i don't know beauty and the beast back whenever beauty and the beast was made in like the 60s or 40s or it's a very old movie. I don't know when it was made. But Beauty and the Beast came out in 1991. There you go. Wait, what well, well, there are Disney movies that are super old, right? Cinderella is that one? Yes. There you go. <laughs> Alice what? in Wonderland. Snow 101 White. Dalmatians. Do I need to pull up a list of all the Disney movies? No. Let's not. I well, look, all all I'm saying is I want some I want some insider information about the Pokémon company. I want that stuff to start coming out. So here's what you have to do, I, because you know I you know I did study um, uh, what we call uh, indu- what was we call it? There's it goes by a lot of different names, um, but like uh, industrial espionage is one of the not nice terms for it. But like how you find information about your competitors through publicly available means that they may not want you to know. So this is what you do: you go to Japan, you find out where the employees of Game Freak like to go drinking. And I think it's somewhat of a stereotype, possibly a little bit of a truth, that the Japanese workers tend to uh, go out drinking quite a bit and hang out in that bar. First, learn Japanese, hang out in that bar, and then listen for what they're talking about. Then you'll have your insider knowledge. But that hasn't happened in the last 20 years either? No one's overheard? Because that's so much effort, dude. To, yeah, I like, mean... ruin. What, what if it's like you find out the secret and it's like... It's so dark that it'll like alter the timelines and and turn this planet into a, a hideous hellscape because you found <laughs> the dark secret of Pokemon, and and like people have heard it and they're like I I can't share this with the world because I I cherish the light too much and I cannot 
I cannot reveal this truth. Is this an Acrosma reference? I, I don't know what it's a reference to. It's probably a reference to Ursula K. Le Guin, but I'm not even going to go that deep into literature. I mean, if Steve wants to go find all this stuff out for us, I'm all for that. But the... Steve can barely do English, let alone Japanese. <laughs> Let's get somebody who's good at languages. Use the Patreon money to fly to Japan. I'll sit in bars with a notepad. I'll wait for Game Freak employees to come in. There you go. Get, and also, do you have to pay for Duolingo? Pay for the good one. Pay for Rosetta Stone. <laughs> for Use Rosetta some Stone. of the Patreon money to pay for Rosetta Stone to learn Japanese, then become a bartender in whatever is the favored bar of the Game Freak employees. Go there, earn their trust. When they become inebriated, they shall release their secrets about like, is, who is the mean manager and what's going on. This is a good plan. I like this. You could just ask your uncle who works at Nintendo, you know? Yeah, that's true, too. Get a lot of information from that that guy. That that dude. <laughs> Update for those of you who have been waiting on bated breath. The three free tables in <laughs> Pinball are Son of Zeus, Adventureland, and Sorcerer's Lair. Which one of those is Mario? None Pro- of them. Probably Son of Zeus. That sounds like Mario. I mean, it was definitely not Mario when I played it. <laughs> but that's what you get from Pinball FX3. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, well, let's take a quick break. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to do a couple emails and then our Pokemon of the week. So we will be right back. Bip bop friend time. Bip bop friend time. Bip bop friend time. Bip bip bop bop friend. Bip bop friend time. And we are back from our break. Let's do some emails. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at sbj at pkmncast.com or you can go to pokemonpodcast.com and hit that contact button, which I think is at the top of the page, and uh, you can email us there. So I'm going to jump around. We got so many emails since we took like three weeks off for that mini series. Just a whole pe- bunch of people writing in like, you got these things wrong, right? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, there was. don't get me started. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I feel it, Will. Will, what was the one thing we got wrong? What, there, there is not only <laughs> one thing that you got wrong. The one There's thing many, at the top things. of your mind. Look. Don't don't pin this all on me. I am one of three people playing. No, no, no. I mean, okay, so the one that kills me the most recently was when you were like, oh, yeah, the first time you meet Hapu, and obviously she's a trial captain, and she's just pretending to blah, blah, blah. Hapu, in the games, has never been a trial captain, is not a trial I said captain. That. You said you those words 
Exactly. And even at that point in the game, she hadn't reached her final form. So she was just a nothing, a wandering child in the wilderness. And you're like, oh, well, she's obviously a trial captain. So blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, she's obviously nothing. I mean, you're right. She is nothing. She's like the blandest character in that whole game. And Malasadas are donuts. Period. That was not me. Donuts. That was not me. I don't even remember what they tried to tell me they were. Like, like the fruit pies from McDonald's or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There is nothing further from a donut than a fruit pie from McDonald's. And let me tell you. Do they even still sell those at McDonald's? uh, Irene came back with a McDonald's pie last night, actually. She said they threw it in for free, but I don't know what happened to it. I don't know what it was actually. I don't know what it was, actually. Maybe it was a malasada. Okay. <laughs> uh, any anything else you guys want to get off your chest of things like that wrong? I, I have many many episodes to still get through. All so right, all right. Yeah, we'll wait. Okay. Uh, this is from here from Canada. They write in and say Stoutland is not use- useless. He is the fastest way to move without holding the run button. He walks faster than both Tauros and the player walks. So if you're playing with one hand, Stoutland is the best. Love the show. Travis is still my favorite. I'm pretty sure Will and Greg are the same person. Thanks. Legs. Will and Greg are certainly not the same person <laughs> as there are some things we completely don't agree on at all. That's true. Do you guys use Stoutland? This, this came up because of the Alolan episodes where I said that I thought that they could have used Stoutland more. Because I, I was actively trying Those to use... Those are not the words you used. Stop revisionist <laughs> history, sir. You said nobody uses Stoutland outside of the ranch. That's true. That is 100% true. No one that does use Stoutland. That is 100% I mean, not false true. <laughs> because I use Stoutland outside of the ranch. For I, what? Literally, when I'm surfing around in the whatever the equivalent of Kaneohe Bay is outside of 10 Carat Hill, you know, the big area where you can surf around and there's like islands in there, I hop onto one of those islands, I switch to Stoutland and I sniff around that island to see if there's any goodies for me. But there's that's the thing. Yeah. There's no, there's never any goodies. Stoutland there never are. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's goodies all over the place, like literally all over the map. You Every time I use Stoutland, I, do, I never find anything. I, there's at least 30 hours of Twitch streaming that I've done, and you see me pull out Stoutland, and I never find anything. You're just looking in all the wrong places, I man. guess. I tried to give Stoutland a chance. You just got to be better at treasure hunting. I don't know. I use Stoutland all the time, both for hunting down items and... Egg hatching, because I like to do other things while I hatch my 400th egg. And it is faster to just have one hand running around a Stoutland than it is to have one hand just walking around a Tauros. But aren't you just supposed to put, like, a talon flame on your team and then, like, do the, like, circle thing in the ranch? That is not pro style. That is not. Well, that is pro style. But if she wants to do <laughs> other things no. besides... I do all those things. I have my flame body. It's actually a Rapidash. Thank you. Okay. I have all my right. flame body Rapidash. I run around in a little circle. It's just that with my other hand, I got to do things like slack on my phone or something. So Stoutland definitely at a base speed moves, moves faster than Tauros. 
if I want to have a free hand, I can't use Tauros to run because then you have to have both hands because you also have to hold down the, what is it, the A button? Whatever button that is. Yeah, I think yeah. it sounds uh, like uh, I don't even play charge. Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. And if you just walk by moving the stick, it's slower than Stoutland is if you just walk on Stoutland moving the stick. So I go in the circle with my flame body Pokemon. It's just that sometimes I like to text people too. Like, it works better. <laughs> all right, all right. Some Stoutland love here. Uh, this is from Will from Pennsylvania. That's what PA stands for, right? Most of the time. All right. Mm-hmm. Hey, SBJ and crew, I love your podcast, especially when you guys go on random tangents. Keep up the good work. Love everyone, especially Will. Awesome name. Uh, curious to hear <laughs> from you guys. What is one feature you would like to see from a previous Pokemon generation, i.e. Pokemon walking in HeartGold, SoulSilver, or the fog mechanic in Diamond and Pearl? Thanks, Will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see any kind of like mini games or something that I could play with other people. I think my favorite, and probably Steve is going to be completely ignorant of this altogether. Good. And ugh, I don't remember if it was only black and white or if it was in black and white and black I and white too. I already hate it. But when you could go to the entree and then you could like go into somebody else's game while they were playing and like you, you'd you be a little Pokemon and you'd run up to them and you have to like find them in the game and you could give them something and that was like your little mission that you had to do. And what? Yeah. That, that's, I liked that a lot. That sounds cool. I didn't know that, that was, was a great, thing. And those games were great. And just the whole little bottom screen radar thing, um, I always really liked in black and white and black and white too. Miss D, you got something? Oh man. I don't know if mine's going to be exciting like that. Well, I won't copy Will's answer, although that would be fantastic and I would love it. I might like some of like the more subtle stuff back. Like, we got some good day and night. Let's give me some seasons where all the backgrounds change and everything. Like, I, bring I'm a big seasons back. Bring yes. seasons back. Like, I am a huge fan of like the atmosphere of Pokemon games. So, like, just bring that back. Add that extra layer in, and I will be very happy. Here's here's a here's That's, a yeah, deep cut for you. I get I get you another one. Bring back where if you use certain moves in certain environments, you like knock things out of the environment and then pick them up at the end of the battle. Oh my gosh, yes. That was so cool. Bring it back. What game was that? Gen 6. If there were certain berries that you could only get if you used like Blizzard during a Pokemon battle oh. and the particular tree was behind, was in the background of the battle. Okay. Tips from Berry Farmer Will. Mine's mine's not really like a mechanic or anything, and I get why they're no longer in Pokemon games. But bring back the gambling. I wanna go to the <laughs> game corner and I wanna spin some slots. Poke dollars are no good in your pocket, man. That's right. I will say the one thing about the game corner is even if you win the the like the seven seven seven, it the payout's usually not even worth it. And you're still not any closer to getting that Porygon, so usually the, the default is just you keep buying, you battle the Elite Four until you get a bunch of money, and then you keep buying coins, but they did bring back the, the gambling. They need to, like, increase the, the payout for that stuff. Make winning more exciting. Because once I realized I won, and then I looked at how much I did win, I think this was Leaf Green I was playing, I was like, oh man, I'm, n- I'm not anywhere closer to this Porygon. This is, this is, this sucks. <laughs> I think if they did bring back something like that, I would almost prefer if it was like not slot machines, but more mini game type things. 
to play because, I don't know, I kind of think slot machines are boring in games. Like, oh, I'm going to hit the A button for the 35th time in a row. This is real exciting. I'm not opposed to bringing back stuff like that where you win your game coins. I just maybe make it a little more fun and interactive. Or have like a couple. And and hot take, uh, not many games that are dexterity based, please. Yes. That's not what oh I come gosh. to Pokemon for, friends. Yeah, agreed. This is from Jeremy from Littleton, North Carolina. Uh, hi, everyone. I've been listening since the Justin Flynn interview, which I believe was uh, one year ago. That is true. Uh, I didn't have a real, I didn't have a favorite, but Al has really stolen my heart here lately. Ah, well, go, Al. well, uh, no Al. This about episode. that. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Uh, I just have one question since I do HR work at my current job. I don't know if this is a universal term for non-Americans, but HR is human resources. Correct. And I meet mm-hmm. with uh, every type of name imaginable. And so my question is, would you ever name your child after a Pokemon? This has caught my interest after a new hire came into my orientation class and his name was Rayquaza, pronounced exactly like the Pokemon. That is not true. He's obviously not named after the Pokemon, but it just piqued my interest. So would you name your child after a Pokemon? And if so, what would the name be? Well, we we have a friend whose name is Aaron, who is literally named the same as the Pokemon. (laughs) Is that A-A-R-N? No, A-R-O-N. He's older than Pokemon, so he was not named after Pokemon. But Yeah, and I think... Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's someone in Slack who has a small child named Evie. Okay. But I could be wrong. I could be making that up. I don't think I personally would, not for any like controversial reasons, just more like there are so many names out there. I don't need to pick a Pokemon name. And I also just have the secret suspicion in the back of my mind that if I had a child and named it after a Pokemon, they would grow up to hate Pokemon, and I will not tolerate that in my future household. So, yeah, go that way. Will, when you have a child one day? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> never going to happen. Uh, no, no. I mean, I might give them a Pokemon nickname, but not their name name, no. Okay, what if I told you... I So I googled... Uh, best Pokemon baby names. Uh, this got me an article from uh, Pretty52.com. This is going well already. All right. Real 20- reputable website. 25 baby <laughs> names based on Pokemon for your little monster. I don't know if they're in a sp- I don't know if they're in order or anything. This is uh, this is right after Pokemon Go, of course. According to the U.S. parroting website Baby Center. Pokemon-themed names have a massive increase in popularity over the past month or so. Names like Ash, Misty, and Brock have seen a few incremental increases, but really naming the stars are really naming stars are the Pokemon themselves. The name Eevee is 1,361 on the list of most popular baby names. So again, this is they're getting their reports from Baby Center. It is babycenter.com, yeah. Okay. July 28th, 2016, so this is a year ago, but right after Pokemon Go. Another big riser is <laughs> uh, is Onyx. Pass. But but those are kind of names that, like, they don't sound like they explicitly come from a video game about catching monsters, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. Onyx like is uh, like a like black no gem. 
like Evie and Onyx, those kinds of names kind of makes. I mean, like that's easy to mistake. Like Evie just sounds nice, or Onyx is a type of stone. Whereas, like, no one's gonna name their kid like Barbarical or something. <laughs> you know, not with so. that attitude. <laughs> Uh, other names have seen uh, increased r- uh, rises in popularity, including Jinx, Mew, Ivy, probably because of Ivy Store, Ivy Soar, and Star, mm, which they're saying could be based on Star. You, I just think Stars, Stars, just Star. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, the biggest Pokemon theme name that has risen in Poke that has risen in popularity is the name of Pokemon that isn't even a Pokemon in Pokemon Go yet, Rosalia. Uh, this Pokemon was introduced in 2003. It is the 315th Pokemon in the Pokedex. Uh, the name Rosalia has increased popularity and made it to 5,832 in the last year. I guess that's something. But that's, an, that's another one of those in that category where it's not necessarily explicit, explicitly Pokemon-ish. Because, like, it could just be seen as a fancy way to be different and have a name like Rose, you know? No, exactly. I was like, uh, what if I'm uh, of a Latin descent or something and I want to name my child Rosalia? You know? I feel like they're they're stretching this one a little thin. They then list, uh, they list 25 Pokemon that they believe would be good for names. You want me to go through the list real quick? Go let's, for let's it. Let's hear some. All right. So their number one is Clefable. I don't know if what? Uh, I don't know um, if, okay. if this is in a specific order <laughs> or they're just listing twenty five names. I could see like Clefa, but not Clefable. That's horrible. Abra, eh. uh, Chansey, eh. Cedra, Scyther, no. Tauros, maybe. Uh, I Mi- just Mew. No. Uh, Zatu? No. Mm, I feel like Zatu could work. I mean... These are all stretches. The These are all... I just... I guess... I guess maybe it's because my first thing I think of when I hear these Pokemon names is the Pokemon <laughs> and not a child. <laughs> but, like, I feel like Pokemon is just popular enough that naming your kid after a Pokemon... I mean, unless everything goes real downhill in the next 10 years, which, I don't know, could happen. I hope not. But, like, these kids are going to grow up being, like, <laughs> teased and harassed for being named after Pokemon. Like, I feel like one of these names could work. I'm going to get to it in a second here. Um, okay. Blossom, Corsola, Altaria. Maybe. Uh, this is the one I think could work. Uh, Curlia. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think that one would work out pretty well. Uh, ooh, Gorbis. <laughs> no. Starvia, Staravia. I don't know how to say that bird's name. Staravia. Staravia. Uh, I also, I also think this one could work. Uh, Luxio. Look, mm, I guess if you want like a fancy kind of name, it. And I think part of my problem with this list too is like some of these names just sound like they come out of a Japanese video game. I know that, like, I I can see how they could be, like, people names, but also, like, if I met them on the street, I might just probably be like, why do you sound like you come out of a Japanese video game? <laughs> like, why, why are you a JRPG character? Exactly. How, how did that happen? 
And I can only imagine that given these names, they would have to grow up because we all know your name leads you to your purpose in life. They, there's only two ways this can go. Like they grow up to be just like out of, go out of their way to just be mundane and normal in every possible way. Or they go way out of their way to be like, all right, I might as well go with it. Like I'm going to dye my hair a crazy color and give it spikes and dress weird and <laughs> pretend I'm a JRPG character all the time. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And not to say that like you name your kid whatever you want to. I, I'm not going to judge. I don't care. This is just my take on it. You know what name always rubbed me the wrong way? And there's, there, are po- there are plenty of people named this, and that's fine. And I have nothing against you. I just, I can't help think, I can't help but to think of the actual video game itself every time. But that name is Zelda. And I mean, it did exist as a name before the video game. I know, but... So you're aware. I've never met a Zelda in real life. I know they exist. I know Robin Williams named his daughter Zelda. And to piggyback off Ms. D's point of if you're named after this video game, you fully go in on it. And there was that whole thing where she revealed Majora's Mask for the 3DS. And she's like, I'm Zelda. I love this franchise because my dad loved it and named me after it. And here's the new Majora's Mask game. And it's just like, ah, we get it. You're named after the video game. Okay. <laughs> that, would be my, that would be my problem with like a Pokemon <laughs> name. It was just like, yep, we get it. Your parents liked Pokemon. Cool. Stop wearing all blue and silver. We know your name is Lucario. By the way, that's the next name on this list. <laughs> oh, dear. Now that one's asking for trouble. Um, like... <laughs> but if your kid is named Zelda, that's cool. It's just I can't help but think of the video game. And I can't not think of the video game when I hear Zelda. I think I think with Zelda, I don't know. I'm kind of with Will, like... There are people named Zelda. There's there's movie and TV personality characters named Zelda. Like wasn't wasn't Zelda one of the Golden Girls? One of No. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. I'm disappointed. You should know all your Golden Girls by heart. Betty no. White, wasn't that a Golden Girl? <laughs> that Betty was White an actress, was yes. All right. Um, was she not a Golden Girl? She was an actress in I mean, the Golden Girls. Yes, that was not her character name though. Okay. Her name was Rosalia. Um, it's not. It was <laughs> Her Rose, name I'm sorry. was Cherubi. <laughs> um, no, because like, wasn't Zelda one of the ants on what's that? Oh, show? Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that show was so good. That show. Oh is man, really good. remember that show? <laughs> okay, I take man. it back. Zelda's so, good. <laughs> that's what I think of when anyone has the name Zelda, even though I play a bunch of Zelda games. So I say that like I play a bunch of Zelda games. I play. Th- Three Zelda games. <laughs> Only so. three. No more are allowed in Miss D's life. Only three at a time. I've I've played three. I like them all. I played I played forty five minutes of Breath of the Wild last night because I just got a Switch, so that one doesn't count because I played forty five minutes and my first action was to jump off a cliff and die on accident. So we're not going to talk about that. All right. Good progress. <laughs> Let me. I'm doing well. Let me finish this list real quick. Uh, okay. We have Cresselia, 
Lilligant, Swana, Meloetta, Delphox, Amora, Deance, and Lunala. I mean, they're they're not that bad, actually, if you think about it. It's just if you know where it comes from, you're gonna look at somebody a little little off. I actually think <laughs> Lunala is pretty good. Yeah. I think Meloetta would be a really good name. Or Swana. Because then at least if you grow up to hate Pokemon, you can kind of budget. You're like, I'm named after swans, not yeah. the Pokemon. Meloetta's you know? pretty good, yeah. Meloetta's also a cool Pokemon. Mm. I'd have my approval with that one. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what the popular naming trends are in the next 10 years. Maybe, maybe all these names would sound super normal for kids in 10 years. That is too true that names do change over time. Mm-hmm. If you want to know uh, the top 10 girl names for 2017, we're already down this path, so we're going to continue. Uh, number one is Emma. Hey. Number two is Olivia. Oh, it has to be because of Pokemon, right? <laughs> Pokemon confirmed. Uh, number three is Ava. Number four is Isabel. It's obviously because of Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five is Sophia. Uh, six is Mia. Obviously, Seven. because of the Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't Sophia a character in Fire Emblem? Isn't that a thing? Uh, six is more m- importantly, Sophia is a character on the Golden Girls. <laughs> Priorities. Six is Mia. Seven is Amelia. Eight is Charlotte. It's probably because of wrestling. Has to be. Uh, number nine is Abigail, uh, and number ten is Emily. And then this is that was off mom365.com, by the way, if you want your trusted... The just, number one most <laughs> reputable source. Just next to the Hollywood Reporter in re- reputation. Right. <laughs> Top 10 boy names. Number one is Liam. That's probably because of One Direction. Number two is Noah. Number three is uh, Elijah. Number four is Logan. That's because of It's Super Effective. Number five is Mason. Number six is James. Seven is Aiden. Eight is Ethan. Nine is Lucas. That's because of the popular game Earthbound. Has to be. And uh, number 10 is Jacob. So there are your uh, top 10 boy and girl names for 2017. I I somehow suspect we're not going to be moving from those kind of from those kind of naming aesthetics towards the Pokemon name naming aesthetic anytime (laughs) soon. All right, let's do uh, let's do one more question here. Uh, this is from Sam. Uh, it says, hi, SBJ, Al, and Will. Ah, uh, no Al, no Al. It's your boy, Big S, coming at you with two important questions. One, what are your all favorite Pokemon to battle with? Mine is Celesteela because she is a tank. Although I think Celesteela is non-gender, but that's okay. Uh, and two, how does Steve make his beard look so fabulous? I need to know the important reasons. Uh, pretty short email, but I just got back from Taekwondo and my brain isn't functioning. Hope you, Al, and my super burrito brother, Will, have an awesome week. If you don't get the reference, go back to episode 260. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I get the reference. Uh, thanks. No. Uh, burrito Brothers went out of business because too many people found staples in their burritos. But Oh, on. my gosh. Thanks. Oh. Uh, Ace it, it was a legitimate company in DC. <laughs> I don't have that great of a beard. I just have like five o'clock shadow all the time. Yeah, you have a pretty good beard, but the thing is, it's because you're a vampire. You you abhor the sun. You do not <laughs> let the rays of the sun fall upon your skin. 
Uh, therefore, you are, and, and folks, I've been there right up front, up close and personal. Dude has no pigment. He is as white as the whitest piece of paper you'll ever see. <laughs> but he does have that like dark black hair. So any amount of beard on his skin, it just looks so dark against all that super whiteness. So there you go. That's the answer. That That's how you so keep it looking the, good. The trick is to just adjust your contrast between your hair and your skin and you'll be set. Right. Exactly. Ne- never allow the sun's rays to touch your skin. <laughs> heard it here first hot beard tips from it's super effective <laughs> your number one source uh favorite pokemon to battle with mm. like battle against or to have on my team i think use probably all right i got a hot take for you folks this was this was a, a big revelation to will anderson very recently zarina spelled t-s-a-r-e-e-n-a that Pokemon is amazing. It learns all kinds of cool moves, and its ability is beyond belief. Do you know what its ability is? Is it called beyond belief? No. <laughs> It'd be sweet if it was. <laughs> Rochelle, do you know what its ability is? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I know the name. It's the one where um, you can tell I am not the battling knowledgeable one here. Um, priority moves don't work. Yes, right? the, the ability is called Queen's Majesty, and yes. if you try to use a priority move on Sarina, it just says, nope. <laughs> yep. Oh, really? That's sweet. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's amazing. So you put Sarina out against Galissapod, and Galissapod tries to do first impression, and it's like, nope, not going to happen. That's really cool. Oh, man, that's a great one. But yeah, she she learns, uh, well, Tropkick is one of the best animations of a move because it's literally like a bunch of flowers and then like a footprint in the middle of the screen it's like a grass type move um but she learns power rip whip great grass type move she learns high jump kick what else did i have on her oh she has one i think she had dazzling gleam as a fairy type move and then she has the one what's the one that clears um like if people throw stuff onto the field right the spinny one yeah, so she learns that. So literally, I mean, you have her as the first Pokemon in your party. Somebody throws out, like, I don't know, Kangastan or something, and they're like, oh, I'm going to make you flinch. And she's like, Queen's Majesty, no. And I'm actually going to go first and beat you down. <laughs> All right, next Pokemon, let's try. Oh, wait, you you had your little Skarmory throw a bunch of uh, barbs out onto the field? No, rapid spin. Okay, all my buddies are safe to switch in now. Cool, thanks. I would say one of my favorite Pokemon to use in battle is Magnazone. Uh, it's a really good typing. I used it through my Ultra Sun playthrough. Uh, Steel Pokemon are really great, especially against Fairy Pokemon. Uh, that became quickly realized. Uh, Magnazone was one of the few Pokemon that survived uh, any hit from a certain Pokemon in Ultra Sun that gave a lot of people a lot of trouble at a climax in that game. And so I'll leave it there, but uh, Magnazone was my MVP there. Uh, And just, yeah, good typing overall. It was great to new steel moves. It could paralyze. I'm a big fan of Thunder Waving things I need to catch. Uh, electric type cleaned up, of course, through any water or flying or 
other Pokemon that were weak against Electric. Uh, just r really good typing and could really just withstand uh, a lot throughout the game. So I'm that would be my choice was Magna Magnazone. Take it. Magnazone's also pretty cute, so that's always a bonus. Well, since Will stole my favorite Pokemon to battle with in Sun and Moon, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up a generation and give you my favorite Pokemon. I recently did an egg lock in X and Y with the Slack, and I got a Boofalant that wrecked everything. Ooh, Boofy! Like, and I wasn't expecting it. I actually ended up. Ma most magical moment of my life. It ended up being a shiny Pokemon from an egg somebody else traded me. And at first I didn't use it because I was like, I don't want to kill this Pokemon in an egg lock and be super upset about it. But then ended up just wrecking all the way through all the gyms, the entire Elite Four just destroyed everyone. I believe so, yeah. The old Sap Zipper. Just wrecked. So shout out to my, to my boy Boofwant. That's awesome. I like Boofalant. I like Tauros, too. I don't know. They're both kind of cool. <laughs> I think they're great. They, they deserve more love than they get. I think I they're pretty normal. <laughs> they are normal. You're not, you're not wrong there. Uh, well, if you have any questions or emails or anything to ask us or just to say, sbj at pkmncast.com or just go to Pokemon Podcast and hit that contact button. Uh, we're going to move on to Pokemon of the Week. But before we do that, I want to say that we are going to be doing a live show. Uh, Will, did you decide a time? Uh, 3 p.m. Central? Yeah. That's good. 3 p.m. Central? Okay, so we'll do 3 p.m. <laughs> you heard it here first. 3 p.m. Central time on Saturday, December 23rd. We're going to do, to do a live episode of It's Super Effective. I don't want to bother Will or anyone else on Christmas Eve, which is our normal recording time on Sunday. So we will record the episode live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash pkmncast. Actually, you can go to pkmn.live. That's very easy to remember. That will also get you to the Twitch page. But uh, 3 p.m. Central Time, which is what? 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. California Time. Pacific. I'm not sure what time that is in Perth. 2 p.m. for the forgotten time zone of Mountain Time. Yes. <laughs> We're here. Thanks. No one ever remembers Mountain Time. So 3 p.m. Central Time on Saturday, December 23rd on Twitch. If you miss it, that's okay. The audio episode will go up on Monday just like it normally does. I will say that if you're joining us on stream on Saturday... We will be ignoring chat as it will be somewhat of a normal episode. Uh, we will probably be doing um, like a mini after show with chat though and answering questions and stuff. But to make it to make it enjoyable for audio only people that listen through iTunes or or Google Play or anything, you know, we're going to be ignoring chat. But there will be mods that will you know you can chat with and you can chat with other people and whatnot. Just keep that in mind, and then. Uh, We'll probably have some other stuff planned for the rest of the day. If you want to stick around, we'll probably be I'll probably be streaming some stuff later on in the afternoon. So just keep that in mind. And also, speaking of Twitch schedule, I'll be I will be streaming a lot the rest of this week. So if you're listening to this on the 18th, pretty much streaming every single day this week. 
Uh, so would love if you stop by. Also, if you're using, if you've used Twitch Prime in the past to sub, to subscribe to the channel, uh, that does not auto renew. So I noticed like a lot fell off, which is no, no big deal. But if, uh, if you stop by and you have your Amazon account linked with your Twitch and you want to, uh, support the podcast in a free way and you're not using your Twitch Prime, please use that. And if you're not going to use it on me, for whatever reason, and totally fine. If you want to use it on another content creator, please do. Uh, my only point is use that because you get that once a month. So please use it. It does build every community, not only it's super effective, but other stuff. Uh, and it doesn't cost you anything. And it does give that content creator like $2 a month. Please use your Twitch Prime subs for somebody. Uh, don't let them sit and waste because they never auto renew. So you have to go in at least once a month and use it on somebody. Um, but if you want to use it on me, I'm not going to say no. Uh, but that's my that's my Twitch promotion for the last two minutes. So I'm going to throw it over to Will, who's going to do our Pokemon of the week. And our Pokemon of the week is Burmy. Burmy is a small larval Pokemon with a black segmented body and a coiled antenna on top of its head. It has a beak-like mouth and yellow eyes. Burmy has six stubby legs. The first two pairs are black while the back pair is yellow. There are two white spots on its cheeks, but they are only visible on a Burmy without a cloak. A coat of leaves, sand, and... A coat of leaves, sand and gravel, or pink building insulation normally covers Burmy's body. It will not hesitate to collect nearby materials to construct a new cloak if the old one breaks or falls off. Even if it is born where there are no cocooning materials, it somehow always ends up with a cloak. The cloak protects it from the cold and will become thinner when the weather is hot. Ooh. Obviously, the reason we picked Burmy was because <laughs> of the not-safe-for-work Burmy images that were going around the internet this past week. Let me All tell right, you. Ready for the, you ready for the origin? I'm not uh, going to let you spread these, these <laughs> pornographic rumors of poor little Burmy. We're like the Esquire here. Uh, no, more that- like Maxim. Maxim, not Esquire. Got it. Uh, Burmy is based on bagworm pupa, which will metamorphose into a moth if male, or remain a pupa-like creature if female. Is that true for bagworms? I don't want to click on what a bagworm actually looks like, because it probably doesn't look good. Uh, The moth looks really nice. That's really cool. Wow, they're really fascinating. What but bagworms? I don't know about the, yeah, like the the way that they build the structures around themselves and such. Yeah, let's back up here before we get to the scandalous things. Not a lot of people, I would I would argue, that most po- that that Wormadam or however you say its name, I think that's how you say it. Wormadam, yeah. No one cares about that Pokemon. I'm sure there are like one or two people that it's like that's my favorite Pokemon, but. Wormadam, for the most part, probably falls under the whole, like, Gorbis and Huntail bandwagon, where it's like, eh, yeah, that's a Pokemon that exists. And I was in that camp, too, until I saw a naked Burmy, and now, quickly probably moved up to top ten favorite Pokemon. Naked Burmy? Yeah, because he's really cute. He is really cute, but he's as cute as a uh, Scatterbug? Mmm, I don't know about that. I mean, they're they're both pretty equally adorable. Scatterbug is okay. I think 
But Scatterbug is okay with being naked. Burmy, clearly very shy about it, hence why it needs different clothes. And that's what's Interesting. cute. Interesting. It's like that. It is it's, true. It's that bashfulness that I uh, that I uh, respect in Burmy. Look at what I've just found on the internet. Adult females of many bagworm species have only vestigial wings, legs, and mouth parts. Interesting. Uh, cool. So okay. they do stay like poopa. So if you don't know about Burmy, it has three different cloaks. It has the plant cloak, which is just the leaves. It has a sandy cloak, which is sand color with rocks in it. And then it has a yeah. trash cloak. What is this pink stuff? Is it like... Building installation. Insulation? You, you know... Yeah. But uh, you know like pink the Pink Panther brand insulation you have in your house? Yeah, but that's not trash. Well Is insulation trash? It's probably a poor <laughs> translation of the Japanese. Uh it's cute is what it is. So Yeah, yeah, it's definitely is this is a dumb question. Do these have different abilities and stats? Or are they just cosmetic? Uh I think they're just cosmetic. Is, I'm pretty sure they're just cosmetic. Is it like Orokoro? Can I give it something to change it, or do I actually have to catch them differently? If I recall, I haven't used a Burmy in a long time, but if I recall, doesn't it change based on where you last battled? Like if you battle inside or outside or whatever. Or is it where it hatches uh, as an egg? Or is it? I don't know. Um, according oh, to... Oh, last, last battle, last battle. Yeah, according to Wikipedia... Wikipedia. Not Wikipedia, <laughs> Bulbapedia. <laughs> Wikipedia's getting really... They're competing with Bulbapedia on information here. <laughs> Soon we'll be citing Wikipedia for all our Pokemon news. According to Bulbapedia, it will be Plant Cloak if last battled outside or in tall grass. It will be the Sandy Cloak if last battled in a cave on a beach or encountered on a honey tree. Or it will be Trash Cloak if it last battled in a building. I was going to say, it was going to be Trash Cloak if it last battled in Generation 5. Would you stop? <laughs> Rude! <laughs> Generation uh, 5 was great. Set them right up, Will. Knocking them all down. Uh, do people like Motham? I still don't. I'm not a fan of Motham. It's okay, I guess. I, I like to have one for my living Pokedex, which I no longer have a living Pokedex. Otherwise, who cares? Who cares? I think, I think Motham's pretty cute. It's no Burmy, but it does come from Burmy. Ooh, shiny Motham is great. Oh, mm -hmm. that's another one. Thanks for reminding me. The left Pokeball at the Ether Foundation. Did you guys, like, did you pay attention to the story at all? <laughs> the Ether Foundation goes through the computer, Wait. and, like, for people who have passed away... They release the Pokemon I, from the boxes into the wild, and that Pokemon wouldn't allow itself to be released. So they're like, okay, we put it into this Pokeball. Please try to find some place that will take it. Spoilers. But, uh, no, this, this, was, this was in the, in the, in the, in their thing. That's something that they got wrong again. Let me tell no, you. I 100% agree with you. They did. <laughs> and I think a lot of people totally had a disconnect between getting that Pokeball and the rest of that quest event, whatever. Um, I noticed this a lot on Slack where like people were like, this doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, guys, you weren't paying attention and reading when you got that. And it also answers also, the like, mystery of like what happens to Pokemon that are in the computer boxes like when I yeah. die. 
uh, guess what? The Ether Foundation comes through and lets them all go. What made, Okay, so what didn't make sense to me when I played through my son version, which was my podcast very fast version, is when you go to the Ether Foundation, or the, it's not even the Ether Foundation, it was at, it was above Game Freak, right? Yeah, it's the office above Game Creek. And this is a side quest, by the way. If anyone, it's not main story related. And they they give you the Pokeball, and I think it's called like left l- left ha- piece of Pokeball or something like that. No, it's- no, it's just called the left Pokeball. That's all. Yeah, yeah. So that was confusing because I thought it was when it said left Pokeball, I was like, oh, is this like a repeat ball or is this like a friend ball? Is this like a new type of Pokeball? And because then I, you didn't read when the person was talking to you. Yes. And then I thought, well, that doesn't make any sense because it's not in my inventory or uh, not in my ball inventory. And then I thought, oh, is this like a left piece of a Pokeball? And the other part of the side story is I have to find the right piece of the Pokeball. And then I have to merge it together. So like a, like a broken heart. So that's what I thought. This, and then This isn't some Ash and Gary friendship storyline <laughs> like... And then when I got to the girl and Dartrix came out and she was like, "You, that's my Pokemon or something like that. I was like, no, that's, that's my. That's not what she said I was all. like, that's my Dartrix because I had. Oh, no. Okay, okay. I okay. had a Dartrix oh, is- at the time in the game and it just so happened that that Pokemon that came out was also a Dartrix. Don't do that because if I had a Poplio or if I had a Litten, I wouldn't have ever thought that if I was reading quickly, which clearly I was. But I had a Dartrix at that moment in time, and then a Dartrix comes out in front of me, and I was like, what is my Dartrix doing, and why does she want him? This is what I thought. This is what I'm saying, where, like, I know a bunch of people who were playing on Slack, like, got real up in arms about this, but, like, this is what I'm saying, where, like, because people weren't paying enough attention, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that, like, I know everything everyone does, but, like, I can only assume it's because people weren't reading carefully enough when they got that Pokeball, because it is in a kind of, like, it's literally just like a minute-long dialogue conversation. There's nothing special feeling about it where you get that Pokeball. And then it's quite a ways into the game after that. Like, it's like the next island that you run into that little cutscene. And so people have this disconnect between getting the Pokeball and giving the Pokeball to that little girl, and they kind of forget about it. And they're like, What's going on with my Dartrix? Which, another thing, everybody who had picked Rowlet seemed to be really upset about this. They're like, how did my Decidueye devolve and what's going on? Oh, like, no. <laughs> but, like, but the true root of the like, problem, this is something we've covered years ago in this particular program that we record here. Steve is a game guzzler and he just like gobble 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 rushes through the game and doesn't pay attention to the (laughs) finer sweet flavors that are provided and that just leads to indigestion and dissatisfaction the the whole way i kind of like i understand totally how like the misinterpretation of that little quest happens but i guess it's just my perspective that like all you got to do is slow down and read the dialogue like, I got time the to little slow girl, down. She's not like, oh, what's this random Dartrix doing? She's like, oh, that's my grandpa's Dartrix. Like, slow down enough to read, this is somebody else's Dartrix. 
You know, and, and then I did read that, and I was like, listen here, girl, this is my Tartrix. This is not your grandpa's. I've never met your no. grandpa. I don't know how to help you, Steve. <laughs> I was about to fight this girl and then take her money when I won the Pokemon battle. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> was there any trivia about Burmy? Also, don't search naked Burmy on Google. You're probably not going to get good things. Uh, just go to our Twitter <laughs> if you want to see what it looks like. All right, the the Burmy trivia. There is trivias, a few. Uh, there is. Uh, Burmy and Wormadam share the same category with Pineco and Fortress. They're all known as the bag worm Pokemon. Burmy's cloak does not change if it is leveled up with experience share. That's interesting. Burmy's method of evolution is the most complex, uh, with two factors deciding its evolution, its gender, and its form. Burmy is the only Pokemon with a base stat total of 224. Although Burmy has confined to have feet, it does not have a footprint. Burmy has never been seen in the anime wearing either sandy or trash cloak. So only in the anime have we seen Burmy wear the grass. Is it grass cloak? Plant cloak. I'm sorry. Plant yeah, cloak. Yeah, that's the best looking one because it's got little flowers on it. I think they're all pretty cute. Shiny Burmy, um, the, bo- the cloaks look the same, but the body is... Regular Burmy has like a black body, like a darker gray. Shiny Burmy has more of a blue gray tint. Oh, uh, okay. I found it. Yes, so. I see it now. That's so bizarre. <laughs> All right. Well, there's your Pokemon of the week. So hopefully you enjoyed that. I think that will wrap up this week's episode. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, again, we're going to be live on December 23rd at 3 p.m. Central Time. You want to join us on twitch.tv slash pkmncast. Uh, and I will be continuing my streams pretty much every single day this week. Uh, and there will be a stream schedule, like always, in the show notes. You can follow Will on Twitter at WashInTheSink. You can follow me on Twitter at DraggingALake. Uh, Miss D, thank you so much for being on. Do you want listeners to find you? I mean, you can find me at Twitter at at Miss Delaney with two L's in the middle. I guess you could join Slack, the It's Super Effective Slack, which is my favorite hangout. I'm in there all day, every day. No, 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 no. You're in there all night, every night. You <laughs> You're are right. I am a the head member of the of night, night crew. crew. <laughs> I am. Come visit me. Talk to me. We have lots of fun. I don't think Steve plugs it enough. It's a really, really great community. Well, thank you. That's where you can find me. That will wrap up our show, and uh, we will be back on next Monday on Christmas. There will be an episode, also an episode on New Year's. They both fall on Monday this this year, but we will make sure we will get them out to you on time. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Uh, oh, oh yes, I am. We are so close to 800 reviews in iTunes. We are like 10 reviews away to 800 reviews in iTunes, uh, or Apple Podcasts, I should say. That was one of the goals of 2017 was to hit 800 reviews uh, in Apple Podcast. So if you can jump over on your phone, on your iPhone or your iPod Touch or your PC or Mac or a Linux machine, uh, whatever you're using. Actually, there's no iTunes on Linux, so that doesn't work. So your PC or your Mac uh, and jump over to iTunes and leave us a review. We only need 10 more to get to 800. And there are... 13 days left in the year. So 
That's like one review a day. If you haven't already left us a review, please do. We would appreciate it more. It would help us out. Uh, but I think that will wrap up the show. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are... Super... Burmy... Effective. No. So, okay, that's good. Super Psychedic. I'll take it. That's the family of the bagworms. Super psychedelic effective. There you go. It's Super Effective was created and produced by me, Steve Black Jr. Logo and artwork were also created by me. The music on ISC was created by Nicholas Burgess. If you enjoy ISC, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast or just tell a fellow friend about the show. ISC is my current job right now, and I need all the support I can get to keep doing it weekly. If you'd like to support ISC, you can do so on Patreon. You can support me by heading over to isc.cash. For as little as $2 a month, you'll gain access to our Slack community where you can battle, trade, and chat with other trainers. And for $5 a month, you'll gain access to our bonus anime podcast. A quick shout out to our producers of this show, which include Robert, Kevin, Albert, Mason, Kay, and Cygnus. Thank you all for listening.